Good, how are you? I'm so excited to be here today. Oh, I'm really excited yeah. with Greg Daniel. Greg Daniel, I can't wait. We've been we've been waiting to interview him. This is going to be I so fun. I feel like for years, actually. I know. Very excited. <laughs> Very <laughs> excited. Too. An amazing actor, an amazing yeah. human. Yeah. Full of insight. Can't wait to hear what he has to say. <laughs> Me Can't too. wait to be inspired. Me too. Yeah. And I always find it inspiring, Jen. Yeah. To hear what you've been up oh, to. Oh, really? Yeah. Thank all the time. You. I love didn't it. think you were gonna ask that. I appreciate <laughs> I, it. <laughs> I mean, what what have you um, been up to? Oh, in so you know LA what I, you know what I did this lately? last weekend that was really cool? What? I went to this place called um Turnbull Canyon out in Whittier. Have you heard of this? I have not. Um, so it used to be a massive landfill. Uh-huh. It's now a nature reserve. Um, it's in Whittier, California, which is, you know, 35, 40 minutes from LA. And, um, it is said to be also a site of, uh, paranormal activity. (gasps) I know. Whoa. Go if you dare. But, um, (laughs) really it just looks like a beautiful hike. So if you're into hikes or you're into, you know. I'm so glad you took it to the paranormal activity place. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see anything. A hike, a hike, a hike. But this is like a hike, a hike. How old were you when you moved to L.A.? I was 30. And where did you come from? Brooklyn, New York, where I was born and raised. <laughs> did you know anyone here when you got here? I did. Here? There was a lot of uh, actors uh, who I knew who had moved out previously. So I did come in with a, a community of people I knew would be here. How much money did you have? You know, it's hard to say only because I had two national commercials running. So I had at least enough to live for a, a couple of months on nice. those uh, residuals. Smart. That's awesome. Yeah, that helped a lot. Where did you live when you first came to L.A.? What part of L.A.? I live not far from where I am now. I live in an area called, uh, what do they call it now? It's Mid-Wilshire District. Mid-Wilshire. On a place called Spalding. Yeah. 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 And what was your first job in L.A.? I did an episodic from Robert Logie. I don't know if you remember Robert Logie. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, sure. uh, he had a uh, he had a series called Mancuso FBI. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mancuso FBI, and I got I booked a guest star on it, and it was a two episode sort of story arc. So that Great. was my first job. What was your initial impression of LA? I had been in LA off and on over the uh-huh. years, never stayed, but uh-huh. I couldn't wait to get out here. Uh-huh. It was just having grown, born and raised in New York, it was just something about the sunshine and, yeah. and movies and television. I was ready for that. So I was, uh, I was fascinated by LA. How many years of living in L.A. did it take before you started to feel like it was your home? Well, you know, it's, it, it's not home. Yeah. I, I love it out here, yeah. but New York is home, but yeah. I felt comfortable here. It just took a couple of years. Yeah. And I knew that when I gave up my New York driver's license and I started following my taxes under California, I was <laughs> yeah. pretty much, you know, don't be deluded, Greg. You are a Californian right, now. Right, right. Yeah. If you uh, had to sum up L.A. in one word... What would that word be? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Scintillating. Scintillating. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you heard that one again. I find scintillating. it scintillating. scintillating. I do. That's perfect. So today we're so excited to have yeah, you, actor so Greg so Daniel. I know, oh, Greg. Thank you so much my for pleasure, being here. My I've pleasure. been really looking forward to this. Same. I just, I, yeah, it's going to be really a good well, one. Well, like, like what you guys are doing. I do like <laughs> what you, you guys are doing. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I mean, we'd love to just kind of start with, with you, kind of 
where did you start? Like, did you always know you wanted to be an actor? I mean, I kind of knew, uh, but I came from a family of non-performers. I mean, okay. my father was an immigrant from the West Indies, and my mother was from the South. And I grew up in New York, so they met in New York and grew up in New York. But because my father grew up on an island that was under the British colony, it was uh-huh. a British colony. He had a, he always had a very arm of Shakespeare around. Interesting. Oh, interesting. So I would read it, and being the precocious lad I was, <laughs> I fell in love with the poetry. I had no idea what it meant, but uh-huh. something about the lines and the words, I would just say them. I thought that was magical. At and what then age? when I finally saw a classical, oh boy, I was a precocious kid. Uh, nine, 10, uh-huh. 11. Wow. I would memorize passage soliloquies. Wow. <laughs> I would. Oh, I guess you want the truth. I would memorize these soliloquies, and then I would. When I finally saw a professional production, uh-huh. that's when I knew. Wow, that's. I mean, from setting, costumes, lights, what the people were saying. I said, I want to be in that world. That's my world there. The so, professional production of, of a Shakespeare, of a Shakespeare play? play, and then what? I saw some all kinds in Jacobean restoration. I knew, but it was classical that I saw first. And I thought, yeah, I want to do that. But it was language. I think I fell in love. My way into acting was language, falling in love with language. Yeah. Was there, I mean, I just, was there one soliloquy that kind of grabbed you right away that you recited all the time? Probably. Yeah, it was uh, probably Richard, not Richard (laughs) III, Richard II. For God's sake, let us sit upon the ground and tell sad stories of the death of kings. How some have been deposed, some slain in war. I could go on and on, but I, love I just fell in love with all that. I mean, the breath and the and the majesty of those that language and metered or unmetered. It's still human, human the human condition. So that was my way in uh, language. It is pretty incredible, yeah. isn't it? That yeah. that like the heartbeat and the structure of Shakespeare. It's yeah, just, not to be a snob, but I'm always surprised when actors say they don't. Uh, Either like or do classical. Yeah, yeah. Not that you have to. I'm not. A, I, I'm not an elitist or a snob, but I find. But you're missing a whole world yeah. of experiences mm-hmm. to have that language live in your body and to and to resonate. It's, it's, uh, it's fascinating. It's I always think you're cutting yourself off if you're not looking into some classics just to practice. Yeah. yeah, just to practice. The craft of it is pretty. The craft of it, yeah. Which is one of the. I mean, I think. So after, did you? Then decide to go into yes, training. Yes. Then I decided to train. So you I knew went that to NYU that was important to for the you. Arts yeah. For three years, and it's funny because when I graduated, I thought I was going to come straight out here because I had a buddy who was coming out to do um, a master's program in film. But I started hitting the regional circuit, regional theaters mm-hmm. all over the country. So as soon as I graduated from NYU, I got a job at the Williamstown Theater yeah. Festival. Uh, what and, play did you do there? Oh, I did a, a host of plays. I love by, Williamstown. You know, like Williamstown? Yeah. It was uh, David Schweitzer was the artistic director. Nico Sakharopoulos uh-huh. was the artistic director sure. of Williamstown. Yeah. So I was in the second company. And we did all these great plays. And two of them came down from New York. Two of them went to Playwrights Horizons. Yeah. So once you do one regional, you sort of open the door to a lot of You regional. get in that world. Oh, and that's I a spent... great thing for listeners to absolutely. know. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. You don't have to come out here immediately. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I didn't come out immediately. It gave me a chance to sort of figure out what my process was, particularly right after a concert. Oop, is that we good? okay with that plane, Dan? All right. Okay. It's, it's, it's real it's life, Angeles. right? All right. <laughs> Especially after conservatory program training, yeah. I needed to sort of, you know, being force-fed this for three years, yeah. I needed to come out with the, the method that I work. So sure. regional gave me a chance to do that. Yeah. So I went everything from Actors League of Louisville, Williamstown, mm. Milwaukee Rep. Uh, oh, my God, I was all over the country just doing plays. Wow. Just doing plays until finally I said, you know, I'm getting tired of being on the road. And, yeah. And L.A. was summoning me. It really was, because I had a New York agent that had an L.A. sister agency, and at that time, there was a 
quite an exodus of actors and directors and writers who were coming out to Los Angeles. So they said, you know, go out, meet the LA office, see how you, see, what do you think? And I flew out and I met them, they were lovely, and I thought, now is the time. Yeah. And I moved out. That's a, that's a, that's a very, um, I don't know, like a very sane, I think, way to approach it, to come out already having an agent. You know, that's a, that where your agent was in New York, and people can do that with having an agent in Atlanta that maybe has a, has an agency here. So you're not, so you're coming out here with a little... Yeah, I had a lot yeah. of pluses. That that yeah. helped a lot. And I, I didn't have to come out and, and Figure knock on doors for five yeah. years to say, please sign me, sign me, sign me. And yeah. I want representation. That was a big help. Yeah. But... More important, I think, was just to know how you work, because uh-huh. when you do finally get in and you're going in on these on these auditions, you really have to, I mean, that's your A game. You're competing with a lot of well, wonderfully well-trained people. Yeah. So the one thing I appreciate, I took time to learn what my process of working was. I, I love that, because yeah. I think so many people feel a rush to move, or a rush, it, not even just a rush to move, but just sort of a rush within their career. Sure. And I think... There's so many things I admire about you, but one of them is that you have had, you really, you're living in LA, you're working in TV and film, and you're also, you have this very vibrant theater life that you're part of. Still to this day. Still to this day. Yeah. I have a theater company, in fact. My wife and I founded a theater company about five, five, six, seven years ago Uh that we were running with another young couple. I'm doing a lot of directing now Mm -hmm. with companies here uh, as a stage director. So I find getting back to the stage just helps my film and television career. Uh And it also probably feeds you as well, it sounds like. I mean, and I think that's a question that a lot of people have is just like, can I live in L.A. and still be doing theater? It is a myth that there's no theater in L.A. It is a total myth. There are so many very fine companies, and if I start naming them, I can be here for a while. Companies (laughs) I really respect and admire, but I say any, and they work in film and television. These are not people who just uh, remain on stage at all. I mean, okay, I'll say the the Antius Theater Company Mm -hmm. has some amazing actors, fine actors, and and they have a season of five shows they do and stage readings. Get involved with a local theater company that you respect or you find there are people in it that whose work you admire. Mm -hmm. Get involved with them, sure. Because there's going to be downtimes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even when you Mm -hmm. book something, it's going to be maybe a guest star is a week, three day, maybe a one day guest star. So you'll have a lot of time. But fill it creatively. Fill it something that helps, uh, helps your instrument to grow. What I love, I mean, I feel like there's kind of a theme already about what you're talking about, like that you, that you, Shakespeare spoke to you as a kid (laughs) and that you studied. And then you, what I love that you said is the thing about that you wanted to come out here or that you came out here trained because you were up against Mm -hmm. people that were very well trained. And I, I also think something that's kind of a myth about LA or something that people misunderstand is when you watch television or you watch movies as a novice, it looks really easy what they're doing. So I think, I think a lot of us think, you know, oh, I can do that. Sure. But what you don't realize is that you're up against these people. Absolutely. Even the people that are doing the things that, that you know, might seem even really easy, like a soap opera or something. Most of those, those people have done tons yeah. and tons of theater sure. and are super I mean, knowing how to break down a script. I mean, just knowing yeah. basically how do you break down a script, operative words. I mean, that's yeah. all something you can use for film and television and stage. Yeah. How do you dissect a script, a character, or an audition you're going in on? And that really takes a kind of craft yeah. to know. So you're just not picking it up and just going for the first choice. But you're really understanding what they're looking for, or at least what the character is about. Because mm-hmm. sure. that's all you can show them. So the more knowledge you have, before you get into this uh, competition in this professional world, it's uh, it's better for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that. it's you know filling the character up with life, which I think a lot of people 
wonder how to do. And it is. It's really about training and craft. Absolutely. And when you get here and you start auditioning, you're walking into a room and you only have like that one shot before that casting director who gets to know you. So you need to find out how you audition because, you know, like I I have to be off book when I audition. That's one of my best auditions. I don't like to hold. Some people say, never, you never put down the script. You always read it. But for me, I found out I can do much better when I'm not looking at a script. So I'll go in with it memorized. Not for everyone, but I did learn. But you know that's your process. Oh, I love it. Just get me in there. We keep hearing that. I mean, right? We, I think, I think of the, you know, 15, 20 professional actors that we have interviewed thus far, they all say that, actually. What, it's, that they want to be off book? N- yeah. That they, that they want to be yeah. off book, that it gives them room to play. Hey, look, they're not going to require to you. Yeah. They're not going to ask that you be on book. It's not an exercise in memorization. Yeah, either. sure. So it's not that. Don't misunderstand. It's not, yeah. it's not an exercise in how well you can memorize something in a day or two days or the yeah. short period of time you get the material. But it is an exercise how you can lift it off the page and yeah. what you can do to create moments in that room, in that place you're auditioning. So I find being off book, not having to be tied to a script is just the best way for me to fly yeah. that way. And if yeah. I can read well too, but you know, in terms of auditioning, but it's much better. So you have to learn what what gives you your, your kind of favorable auditions. What yeah. what's best for you? Are you easy with language? Can you memorize quickly? Yeah. That's all you yeah. have to take into account too. Yeah. That's great. I yeah, I love that. I always tell my students when I'm teaching, I say, you know, you have to do the things that give you the space to be creative, that give you the courage uh, to yes. be creative. The because confidence. The confidence, because yeah. you cannot be confident when you're thinking about the words on the page. So right. what is it that, and I like how you said it's not memorization, it's pulling no. it off the page, because I think- Making it your own. It's making it your own, because mm-hmm. I do think a lot of times, you know, and I, I, I found that too when I started going out for TV auditions and film auditions, for some reason that memorization thing kept getting in my head. I have to memorize, I have to memorize, Mm. and that's not helpful. (laughs) Yeah, right. You know, because that's, because, you know, as actors, we're telling a story. So what is the best way for you to prepare and And tell a story? And as you said, when you memorize something that you're just thinking about. Exactly. What's the next line? What's the next word? I'm hitting this line, and it's not Right, and that takes you right out of the moment. You're right out of the moment. The moment you're thinking about what's the line, what's the verb, what's the next thing, forget about it. (laughs) They see that. They see that your mind is somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd love to ask you about True Blood, ah. which we all love you on. Um, yeah, really. Just, I'd love to know, just for our listeners that are fans and everybody, but just kind of what what that auditioning process was like. You know, it's and, very funny because yeah. I never thought I'd get True Blood. I was doing a play. Yeah. I don't usually go out now to do plays out of town. Uh-huh. But there was this beautiful place in Cape May, Cape May, New Jersey, which uh-huh. is right by the Atlantic Ocean, that were do- that was doing a production of Master Harold and the Boys oh, okay. by the South African playwright Athel Fugard, and I wanted to do the play. So I said, you know, for six to eight weeks, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to Cape May, this wonderful little Victorian seaside town, and do this play. And while I was there, my agent got a call for me to uh, do True Blood, to audition. I said, well, you know, I'm here, so put yourself on tape. And I thought, there's no way, a ser- there's no way. I like being in the room with the producers, with sure. the networks. Like, there's just no way. So I put myself on tape. I found someone in town who had nice professional equipment. We did the audition, sent it in. And about a week later, they cast me in True Blood. What? what? You did not get yeah. hired from a taped audition? I got audition. hired Yeah, I did. <gasps> That's amazing. Oh, yeah, I did. my God. Never thought it would happen because I thought, again, Especially someone like Alan Ball, who is, you know, sort yeah. out as a playwright. Yeah. There's just no way. Unless I'm in the room with them, they're not going to yeah. feel my vibes vibe. and essence wow. and whatnot. But no, no. That's so that's also incredible. another lesson in, you know, if you can make auditions, 
don't talk yourself into not doing them. Because I was thinking, yeah, again, I'm 3,000 miles away. This tape is just pro forma. They're not going to hire me. But I said, you know, That's hey, come on. Incredible. Take, do, the, do the tape, Greg. Send it in. And I, got, I was casting. Well, okay, so I need way. to know more about that tape. <laughs> did, you, did you do it on an iPhone? Did you? Oh, do, no. I had a, no. There was a guy who, was somebody who worked in a hotel nearby who had okay. some equipment. Okay. So we went to one of the rooms one day yeah. and we yeah. just taped it. It was no big. Thing. Yeah, it was better than read. an iPhone. Don't get me wrong. It was better okay. than an iPhone. It was okay. good quality, but it wasn't like a professional rig. Right, right. It was a decent camera. Okay. I had memorized the scene, yeah. shot it once, shot it twice, and then we sent it in. And that was it. And, and about a week later, I got word that uh, you were cast. And my wife had flown out <laughs> my, to, my, I, my wife, my wife had flown out to meet me in Cape May to hang out. And that's when we were in the car, and I remember getting the call saying, uh, they want you. They're going to book you for Reverend Daniels, my character, in, in True Blood. I said, get out of here. Get out of here. Said, no. And then it made sense to me that Alan Ball, if anyone would be able to trust actors, yeah, it would right. be someone who comes from the theater, who right, has a background right. in writing for the theater, that I said, okay. So it was uh, it was magical. I mean, somewhat, because, again, the writing was so... And after yeah. a while, once they trusted you knew what you were doing, because by the last season I was a series regular, so yeah. I went from a recurring character to a series regular, yeah. they were writing for you. They were actually writing oh. for you and letting you say things and do things that, wow. uh, as long as it was um, intrinsic to your character. Uh-huh. So there were times I was improvising wow. on things. I would add lines sure. here or there, but they were all great about it because they figured he's fine. He knows Reverend Daniels. This is going to work. There yeah. was never any. Oh, don't don't say that. Don't don't yeah. change that. Ball doesn't like it when you do. Never. I never got that. Never wow. got that. It was always okay. Good. Let's go in for a closer. <laughs> Let's do it over the shoulder now. So it was magical for four years working with a large cast like that. Yeah. In those kind of wild stories. I mean, come on, vampires, werewolves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had all kinds of creature yeah. in there. But at the heart of the story, really, was people who were trying to live together. I know it sounds silly, but yeah. you know they were just of a different kind of. But still trying to find ways to connect, to find happiness sure. in their lives. That's really the basic story. Yeah. So uh, it was a great time. I had a great time working there. That's amazing. That's incredible. I'm ama- I mean, yeah. how many pages did you have for the audition? Do you remember? Just about three or four pages. That's it wasn't incredible. A- <laughs> I know, it's I'm just, no, it I'm just, it wasn't like five pages, eight yeah, pages. Yeah, it wasn't of, a big, uh, it wasn't like I was going to network on something. It was just a, a, a good size audition, yeah. but, but nothing that was out of the ordinary. It was, uh, I was surprised. But again, I've spent years doing this. Right, mm-hmm. it's not, so, it feels yeah. like overnight. Yeah, I spent but it's, years it took, doing right, that. Of and course. so when it came in, yeah. It was just my interpreting, oh, okay, the reverend, where, where does he fit in in Bon Temps, Louisiana? He's the one that's totally human. He's not, okay, so he probably is a man of God. So it was yeah, making these, yeah. these minute decisions about who this character is and allowing myself to do it on camera. Yeah. And I guess they saw it because they kept me on there for a couple of years. So Yeah, for <laughs> so sure. five, four seasons. So, um, uh, yeah, it was an amazing experience. Yeah. I feel like you just gave about 20 good tips in that story. Yeah, me too. But if you were to give a beginning actor a couple tips as they're thinking of, of you know, embarking on this journey in L.A. or, or elsewhere, really, as just this is what I'm going to choose to do as my profession, what would you, what would you share with well, them? Well, I'll jump a little bit and say if you start to get auditions, treat each one really seriously. Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. be on time, know the material, prepare, how are you going to dress, how are you going to because... 
whoever your representation is, however you got the audition, it took a while to get. So when you get in there, you want to be prepared. So when you're lucky enough to be able to get the audition, Mm -hmm. because there are thousands of people who are wanting the audition. But when you're getting the audition, really treat it... um, Treat it quite seriously. I mean, don't just not off the cuff, but really look at it, study it. Go to a coach. Mm -hmm. I mean, go to a coach if you need to. But uh, once you get those magical five minutes, if it's that long in there, you want to impress them. You want to feel good about your work. Yeah. That's that's, that's a solid tip. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think because sometimes also you feel if you're having a good run of getting a lot of auditions, you feel like that's going to be for But sometimes it's not. Sometimes it can dry oh, no, up. You'll have dry bit. periods, right? Yeah, and then you don't get the auditions, right. and then you think, oh, did And I be really? able to shake it off if you don't get the audition, because uh, sometimes you find out later on it had nothing to do with the quality of your work. Sometimes it's really about tall, short, light, sure. dark. I mean, it's, sometimes it's really about, there's auditions I've nailed. I've walked out of there going, yes, I nailed that, <laughs> and I never heard a thing. Yeah, and then right. finally, if I got some feedback or ran into someone, I, I found out it was something as simple as, as, oh, well, you know, they changed that spec on that character. They wanted it to be a woman. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they were going to fly to, and they <laughs> right. wanted to. They wanted it to be a local hire rather because they were going to shoot in the Midwest. So they wanted a local hire for that. Nothing you can do anything about. Yeah. So let it go. Just yeah. just walk out there feeling if you did a good job, and then just leave it to the uh, the cosmos. Trust, trust that yours will come around. It will come around if you keep putting your uh, your best foot forward. It's going to come around. It's great. I love that. I think that's the hardest thing. Yeah. I think that's the hardest part of being an actor. Just sure, not I mean, knowing. You want to beat up on yourself. You want to say, "I could have done this different. I could have done yeah. that differently." Sure. In hindsight, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. But, but let if it you go. went in prepared and you really felt like you did your best. Then don't beat up on yourself. Mm-hmm. Realize there's so many other factors you have no control over mm-hmm. that will factor into whether you get the job. But keep at it. Keep at it. Resiliency, tenacity. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to ask you about longevity because you've you've had a nice long career, I and have. Um, but I think in a way you just answered it. Just just not not getting hung up on on the things that don't necessarily go your way and trusting that. That some that things will yeah. come your way and and have a community of people that you like being around, uh, family, uh, yeah. friends. I mean, have a community of people that support you and that also are take you away sometimes from just thinking about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. uh, really, really things like community service, things like giving back. I mean, I find yeah. it, we're so blessed to be able to do this and to want to be in this artistic life. But you have to give back. I find. Yeah. So even if it's volunteering at LA Mission or whatever. If you can give back, so you you broaden your world, and it's not just about I'm an actress, so I audition, I get work. But I think in service, when I mean, we just went through Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday, mm-hmm. and the one thing he emphasized was on give this day, on. service. Service. Yeah. yeah, service to others. So surround yourself with people who are affirmative, mm-hmm. who are positive. Surround yourself with those kind of people. And I guess the last thing I would say is resiliency, tenacity, and versatility. Mm. Be able to do sitcoms and um, uh, episodics, mm-hmm. soap operas. You want to you want to build a range. So if you get an audition for what you can, you can do it. it mm-hmm. You can do it. Oh yeah, I can do this material. You want to be able to. The more material you can tackle and do, the longer your career will be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've done sitcoms. I've done episodics. I've done soap operas. I've done movies of the week. I've done. You know, you get all those auditions because they say, oh, he can do that. Yeah. yeah, and after a while, it's easy for the casting directors. Yeah, let's bring in Greg Daniel. He'll, uh, yeah. I think that's great advice, and that's there are teachers out here certainly who specialize in all of those things. So if you feel like 
you're not so strong at sitcom, find that teacher Absolutely. who, you know, or that group of friends that you can get together with every week and, and work it until you... And even commercials. Commercials. Yeah. Commercials are a great way to get paid for yeah. one yeah. day. Yeah. I'm lucky enough to have a, a Geico commercial running right now. Yeah. And it's like... Super helpful. You know, I shut it in one day. It was fun to shut it yeah. one day. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it runs Literally. and it's, it's yeah. great. I mean, and that's, it's funny because that's how I kind of finance my way out here. Yeah. I had a commercial running. So get good at auditioning for commercials as well. Yeah. Study commercial auditioning and uh, casting directors, there's some casting directors offices to teach it as well. Because one day of work can keep you going for yeah. a number of months. Yeah. Without- and they all have kind of their different there's sort of different tricks for every mm-hmm. Sure. Genre. Hopefully you'll find a sensitive teacher that can see what you have right. and mm-hmm. bring out what's best for you because uh-huh. everyone auditions differently. Right. But if you find the right instructor, they'll use what you have yeah. and, 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 just, and just make that stronger. That's great. Yeah. I mean, something that you said that really struck me too, which I think knowing you, you do such a great job of is just that, that you're making a life in LA and it's so easy, I think for actors to get into that trap of, of really making this career and I, an identity of who they are. So if they, you know, if they've gotten the auditions or they've gotten that role, they're, they're good, happy human. If they haven't, they're just miserable. Mm -hmm. And, um, you have something that I think a lot of people wonder when they move to LA, which is an amazing family and an artistic life. And you've really managed to do both. To find the balance. To find the yeah. balance. And I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts a little bit about that because I think everyone kind of wonders that. Can I move to L.A. and, Absolutely. and really have a I, life? I, and I know people who are married who are artists, actors who are married to actors, yeah. <laughs> directors who are married to actors. I don't know what this myth is that two artists can't be together. or <laughs> I, I don't know what that's all about. I don't know what, what's so incendiary from? about artists being together. I mean, the thing is, you, you have to learn how to be word. selfless in some yeah. way. Yeah. I mean, acting sort of is always insisting we'd be selfish, selfish, but having a life with another is learning how to be selfless because you have to want his or her career as much as your own. Mm. So you, it's that wonderful give and take. So I find it's essential to my craft and to my career to focus on someone other than myself. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> having a significant other, whoever that is, and building a life together because... Uh, the other thing is life is short. Life moves by quick. Mm-hmm. So you want to sow more seeds than just, look, the business is always going to be there. It'll ebb and flow. Sometimes you'll be hot. Sometimes you can't get arrested. <laughs> it just is. That's just, mm-hmm. I don't care what level you're on. Sooner or later, Hollywood stops calling. <laughs> it may resume calling you, but it will stop calling for a while. Yeah. And if you've got nothing but that, you're going to find yourself in a really lonely, sad place. Mm. So for God's sake, have a life. Mm-hmm. Have Animals have significant others do work in your community. Look what's going around you. I mean, right now we have a government that's a little. So I find yeah. an activism. <laughs> you know, there's an activism yeah. now in people yeah, that uh, says, you know, we have to stand up and show what kind of America do we want to be. Mm-hmm. So galvanize yourself, become involved politically, but have a life. It will it will get you through those times when the career might not be popping left and right. Mm-hmm. And it'll make you a better actor. It'll too, make you right? a much better actor. Yeah. yeah, it's all about the human condition. And yeah. unless you, um, I remember when I was in school, there was this teacher, master actor teacher, was it? And I was like twenty or nineteen. He was like, "You guys won't have an artistic life till you're 40. Not until you're forty. <laughs> I'm like, "Get out of here!" I'm, you know, I'm, I was a hot little actor in school, but now I get it. You gotta live. Yeah. yeah. You've gotta have ups and downs and those experiences before you can have a creative life. And I never thought, what is he talking about? But it, yeah, unless you live it, you know, unless you have that wealth 
behind you, it's hard to know how to approach a character Mm -hmm. unless you've had some grief or some pain, Mm -hmm. some pleasure in your life. It's hard to. So, yeah, creative lives don't begin until you're in your 40s. Mm -hmm. Really. That's great. (laughs) I'd love to ask you, you know, you hear a lot of actors talking today about diversity in Hollywood, and it's a great time to be diverse, that casting is, you know, there's a lot of what, what they call ethnically ambiguous is a is a big term you hear. Do you think that that has changed? You know, I've, I've seen African-Americans yeah. go in and out of being Vogue. I mean, over the uh-huh. years that I've been here, there have been periods where everyone thought, oh, yeah, the, the, the uh, industry's changing, and then yeah. it would happen, and then suddenly we got to Oscar so white again. And so, yeah, oh, yeah, boy, yeah, so yeah, what yeah. happened? What's encouraging to me is that behind the camera, we're getting people who are just oh. not just uh, writers, directors, yeah. who are not just in front of the camera. That, I think, uh-huh. is going to be lasting. Uh-huh. Now we're getting... Also, platforms have changed. I mean, you need more more product now. Uh-huh. So I, I don't look at it as a vogue thing, even though it feels like, okay, yeah, yeah. diversity is in. But I've seen it go in and out. Yeah. I, I've seen it go in and out. What's more important, what jobs are we getting? Also, when we look at the role of women in things, yeah. the Me mm-hmm. Too movement, Black Lives Matter. Yeah. I mean, all those movements that demand parity yeah. among women, among races, those are the ev- those are things that are going to last. Yeah. Those will, just won't go away or be in vogue to say... A woman shouldn't have to go through this casting couch mentality yeah. for whoever Amen. is a studio head or not. <laughs> right. yeah. That's something that, and once that has burst, yeah. okay, we've got past that. So that's what I look at as this, a, a litmus test. Yeah, no, that's such a, I, that's a wonderful, because it, it, it's like, it's really like, how do we get to that place where it is what it is? Right. right. It's, it's the norm. Just, it's, a, it's not yeah. like something that we're trying, it, right. it's just... It's not saying for and the next year, oh, we yeah. had a black director wins, yeah. so therefore right. Hollywood's changed. No, right. it's like, but is he going to be a studio head? Is he going to be exactly. behind his and own? Yeah, those things. How is things, it the inclusion is the norm? We'll make it permanent, exactly. A it, permanent it's permanent norm. and it's weaving itself. It's become part of the paradigm. And so that's, that's what I see as being more important. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. I think we're, I think we're slowly moving in that direction. I hope we are. Oh, I think so. Yeah. I think, again, I've never seen activism. It's, in some ways, it's really good. We have the kind of uh, administration we sure, have Sure, it's making people fight Well, people, people of good conscience have yeah. to stand up and say something, or else yeah. you know, 10, 20, 30 years down the line, we'll say, well, what did you do when right. immigrant children were being arrested, right. women were being harassed by right. uh, heads of state? What did you do? What did your voice lend itself yeah. to? Did you do anything? Yeah. So that, again, those kind of permanent changes in our culture, yeah. that's what I, I tend to watch. I want yeah. to be part of the change in our culture. Yeah. Um, sadly, we're out of time. <laughs> wow, that no, went fast. That I was wanna, fun. Did, well, we, I, I, we love to end 30 more questions. One, I know, I, I have ask. 30 more questions, too. <laughs> maybe part two, if he'll, if he'll have us. Um, we always love to end with um, something that we call an LAism. An LAism? Yeah, so it's a, it's a word we made up, which basically... <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what does that like mean? Um, it's something that you have noticed is unique to Los Angeles. So... Um, you know, something that you don't see other places, but that people see here, um, <laughs> that people do hear, or say here, right. or embrace here, or. Um, but I'm, I, I'm. I love the, yeah. that within 90 minutes of driving anywhere, I could be in an entirely different place. Oh. Uh, entirely before, like you know, I go up north to Santa Barbara, sure. or go down south to um, uh, uh, Orange County and the uh-huh. beaches down there. I just love that within our reach, with not more than 60. To ninety minutes, Desert, we can go mountains. to Cal. You can go yeah. out to Joshua Tree. You can go up to Big Bear. Yeah. You know, just just you don't have to get on a flight, but yeah. that is so unique. 
that we can just seek those different places and environments just so quickly. My wife and I have become just, we'll go down to Laguna, we'll go up to Santa Barbara. We'll, it's, yeah. And it's, it's like a staycation, but it doesn't feel like you're in town. Sure. You can feel, you can be in Los Angeles, California and still feel that, oh, I'm in some paradise somewhere. So I yeah. love that. That's I a, love that. That's, that's LA. A, that's that LA, is baby. That is LA. That's LA, baby. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. <laughs> oh man. Thank you. Yeah, so great. Much. Thank you so much. You this was this with. was fantastic. I appreciate it. Thank you. We appreciate it. And I hope this it. is helpful. So. It was oh, very helpful. Yes. Incredible. Stay the course, guys. Stay, stay study, the course. stay the course. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Speak LA the podcast. We know you have big actor dreams and we really want to help you. For more insider tips on the LA film and TV industry, go to ispeakla.com and subscribe today. And of course, look for us at all the regular places, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See you next time.